What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And just like that, my mustache is gone. Woo! We're here with episode 135. We're going to be talking about, hey, give retro video games a chance with our very special guest for his sixth time on the show, Andrew Orsi. Yay! But first, we've got some segments for you. Segments for you. Yes, we do. Uh, Lizzie, how you doing? I'm okay. Yeah. 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 Fighting, fighting the battle. Fighting the battle. Yeah. Ooh, I just got something in my eye. Uh oh. That's it's like one of those times where just like poop. Mm. I'm like, Ooh. Yeah. Uh, fighting all sorts of battles, aren't you? Yeah. I'm yeah. doing great today. Fun. Today started great for me. Yeah. That's it good. Just slowly went downhill, but that's okay. We're here now, and yeah, you know, it what is ifs. what it is. But uh, yeah, why don't we just uh, get started then? Okay. Cool. So we just want to remind all of you uh, to follow us on the social media pages. Uh, we're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries, or you can follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. Uh, so you can follow us there and be friends with us there, but also follow us on Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, all over on Instagram, where we show behind the scenes photos, some memes here and there, as well as some questions I'll ask you about the show. Wow. Get in on discussion, people. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, find us on Facebook, and even join the Discord. Join it. It's so much fun. And all of those places. I will share a question pertaining to the discussion that we will have here to have you in on a discussion. So do that. But yeah, according to this Discord, we got one. Uh, link is down in the description down below. Uh, check it out. You know, it's it's a great link. It's a great group of people. So check it out. Have some fun. Mm-hmm. Share some memes. Uh, we also have a website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website, as well as uh, you can find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the podcast, as well as some articles I've written in the past. And... If you if you're so if you're so kind if you're if you're just a, a kind soul, uh, you know, click that subscribe button and a notification bell so you know when all these podcasts come out. Uh, this is a podcast channel, so if you're into gaming podcasts, this is the place to be. Where we have uh, top three gaming news, a movie review, and a discussion with a special guest. And uh, we have another channel called Evolt. Evolt's a great channel. It's super fun. Uh, what happened to Stealth Games is a video that's going to be coming out in. Oh, couple weeks few couple weeks weeks yeah i would say a couple weeks so yeah uh subscribe to the evolt channel uh i'll have probably the description description down below go subscribe to the channel evolt uh yeah with i i think that's it yeah cool let's just get into it let's 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 talk about something else with our first segment movie minutes Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max. And we'd like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Uh, and we have a five-point scale here on Games of Groceries. We started, avoid uh, at all costs, eh, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. Uh, so this week's movie is actually coming to us from HBO Max. It's another one of those movies that is in a Warner Brother deal. Uh, it, it came out the same day. As theaters and on HBO Max, mm-hmm. same day, mind you. And it stars yes. Denzel Washington and the creepy guy from Until Dawn. Uh, it's called The Little Things. Oh. The creepy guy from Until Dawn. Yeah, the creepy guy from Until Dawn. Creepy guy. I don't remember his real name. Creepy guy from Until Dawn. Yeah. So, and uh, a couple other things. So let's go into our verdict, and then we're going to explain why we gave it that verdict. So both of us gave it the same thing, but in a different way. Yes. So you go first. 
I gave it an enjoyable. Um, but, teetering. But I was teetering between solid and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. The uh, There were just some things that pulled it away from mm-hmm. being a solid. Sorry, I, my eye is just super watery. <laughs> just just getting emotional thinking about I, it. I really am. And he's just super emotional torture uh, here. I also gave it enjoyable, but I was teetering on eh, pass. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same way of you, it, there's some things that kept me away from it, but there's some things that kept me enjoying the film. And yeah. but we both gave it eh, enjoyable. It was mm-hmm. it was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, let's go into why the present uh, the premise of the movie isn't really new. It's it's not a very new thing. You know, uh, there's a murder mystery. You need to solve it. Yeah. There's a there's a county cop, and then there's a you know big time LA detective, and they're coming together. And when I was uh, researching this film a little bit, if I did my research correctly, uh, the reason why this movie isn't too new is because it was originally written in 1993. Yeah. And it was given to Steven Spielberg to direct. And Spielberg was like, ah, pass. Yeah. <laughs> and so this hasn't come out until 2021. But that, that, that's why the, the, the premise isn't really too new. But, it, it, you know, it offered some good insight into each character's oh, yeah. motivations yeah. and all that. What, what do you think about the setup of the movie? I think um, the setup was interesting. It was mildly confusing but it was meant to be confusing yes like they kind of did one of those starts where they start after like a big thing happens Mm -hmm. like almost like it's mid-story for one person but the beginning of the story for another person yes um so it was kind of interesting a little but it was a little confusing i'm not in a confusing way of oh i I can't keep up with the story but confusing of what's even happening right now like wait what like what? Why are we? Why because are we seeing like, this? The opening scene happens, and then they don't refer back to it until like an hour in. And that's actually my second note. It just feels like this movie doesn't really start mm-hmm. until about an hour into it. It's a two-hour and seven-minute film, mm-hmm. and about forty-five minutes to an hour in, I feel like that's when the movie actually starts. Yeah, you know, from that five-minute start in the intro. And everything in between that 45-minute mark, it's just kind of like, why are we doing this? And my thing is that the very first scene doesn't really play a role in the movie at all. Yeah. Really, that one scene was to make one small inconvenience for the rest of the movie. Yes. Like, that's it. And and that's the thing. I I just felt like we were just kind of going along on a ride. And Mm -hmm. uh, then we got into an hour, and that's... When I was going into teetering to pass and enjoyable, it was really that mid, like that the beginning section, Act One, mm-hmm. is what really took me over. Like, ah, I'll give this a pass. But then once it actually starts, yeah, it really gets mm-hmm. your blood flowing. It's yeah. it's re- and it's that's really when good. I was like, I started thinking, I'm like, all right, well, he's gonna ask me what I want to write it when this is over. So I started thinking about it, and I was like, mm, I was teetering between solid and enjoyable in that middle part. So uh, yeah. yeah. Definitely that middle part. Act two is definitely where it gets really good and interesting. And you start to understand what the setups were. Mm-hmm. But it, it didn't feel like it was setting up to anything in act one. Yeah. It just yeah. felt like, in fact, there was one scene with Denzel's Was Denzel Washington's uh, ex-wife. Right. Mm-hmm. That whole scene was just like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, like they were just. There sta- was no point to it. It didn't lead to anything. It didn't help continue the movie it was and the acting was pretty poor 
It just said, how how are the girls? They're fine. You should give them a call. I should. It was just like, okay, it bye. It was pointless. Yeah, it was. Like, it really just showed how his past mm-hmm. has affected his present day. Yes. But it's like, okay. It so, wasn't necessary. So the last point I'll make before we end movie minutes here. Uh, it's the ending. And I won't spoil anything in case mm-hmm. you want to watch it yourself. The ending of the film is where I started to understand why there were so many mixed reviews mm-hmm. on this. Because the ending in of itself gave m- me a mixed review. Yeah. Just just act three alone, it, I was so torn on. If like, yeah. is this a good ending or am I... I'm not satisfied with this ending. It's one of those that... It's one of those where it feels like the writer wants you to make the decision. Yeah. But it wasn't done well like i like a lot of times and we've watched movies like that before where they want us to make the decision and you can get sometimes annoyed at that Mm -hmm. whereas i'm like oh no that's just what they wanted and And i'm I'm usually fine but i'm usually fine with those endings right because i i kind of enjoy that mystery but this ending i didn't enjoy that mystery which is how i know it wasn't done right well like that's typically i do like it without me spoiling anything Mm -hmm. uh the envelope opening like if it just ended on that great ending yeah like but mm-hmm. then the scene after that it was like, that's like oh yeah that completely ruined it because you're like all right so what was the point of watching all of this yeah it, it just it just blew everything it was the last 60 mm-hmm. seconds of the movie where it just like what was the point of anything like it felt like a like the ending like the writer wanted it to be like you know what happened. You need to admit it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, but what? What? And it was just more, it was too confusing, which is why it pulled, like I was considering, I was strongly considering giving it a solid until the ending. And I was like, "Mm, no. And I almost gave it a pass, but act two was really good. It was. It was very good. It was Mm -hmm. very enjoyable. So um, I think we can end it there. So those just are, thoughts on the new movie uh the little things it's out in theaters and it's also on hbo max right now for 30 days so uh if you want to check out hbo max now uh, go ahead and do that uh you know i thought it was fine for what it was and maybe you can have you know a better understanding of it but from what we saw we were mm-hmm. just not confused by it but just kind of what's happening yeah <laughs> so Again, it's called The Little Things. It's on HBO Max and theaters. Go check it out for yourself. but uh, Or don't. I don't really care. But it's time to talk about video games now. It's yeah. a video game podcast. It's called Games and Movies. So we're going to go into it with our second segment. Top 3 Gaming News. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the business industry with our business twins. Gaming industry. It's not about business. It's about nope. it's about gaming. Yeah. Uh, business twins go away. So before we get started with the top three gaming news, uh, none of the top three has to do with the GameStop stock. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't <laughs> has nothing to do with that uh, for a couple reasons. One. It's not necessarily video game news so much. It's just industry. It's more industry. It's more stock. Yeah, stocks, business. And so I just decided, like, it's not really 
pertaining yeah. to it. And number two, uh, number two, uh, we don't know enough about stocks, yeah, uh, or any of the short selling or anything of that business. How how this all works and uh, the sociological, sociological, whatever. You know, we don't know enough. We don't know enough. I don't think I'm smart enough to even talk about it. <laughs> so there's a lot of other videos out there. Just YouTube, you know, GameStop yeah. stock explained. Uh, they'll explain it much better. I, I think the one from Graham Stephen, uh, maybe if I remember, I'll link it up here. Maybe I won't. Who knows? But uh, I think that video explained it really well. So, uh, But it's not one of the top three gaming news. Just letting you know ahead of time. So what we're going to go into is the number three gaming news. And it's about, uh, oh, no, Astral Chain. It's not actually from Platinum Games. Did you know that? No. Astral Chain. Not, not a Platinum game, actually. Uh, what's actually very interesting about this is that, uh, so going on, a lot of people were speculating because Astral Chain was a Nintendo Switch game, mm -hmm. only Nintendo Switch, uh, and a lot of people wanted to know, when is it coming to non-Nintendo systems? They want to play it. They're, they're JRPGs. Mm -hmm. they're, they're giant weebs. Weebs need to play their weeb games. Yes. I wouldn't say Astral Chain is a weeb game, but uh, go with the joke, people. Uh, and... Platinum Games came out and said, like, oh, well, uh, you know, maybe maybe we don't really talk about it. This was, like, in February. They kind of dismissed the idea mm -hmm. of even coming to a non-Nintendo. Non Come to find out that this past week, a lot of fans have seen that there is a copyright change. Uh, instead of saying copyright Platinum Games, it now says copyright Nintendo. Huh. So Astral Chain is now a Nintendo IP. And... Mm -hmm. When asked about it, the uh, studio head actually just kind of played the no comment card. In fact, I want to read this quote from the article, which is linked down below. Go check out some of the articles that we refer to. Uh, the article reads, when asked for further clarification on Anaba's comments, Anaba being the studio head, uh, regarding Astral Chain IP ownership, a Platinum Games spokesperson said the company was not in a position to answer the question. So weird. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it sounds what? like Nintendo like banned them from talking about it. Yeah, that's so weird. Isn't that the weirdest thing? That is very strange. Like Platinum Games made the game, and yeah. Nintendo just said, "No, our game now," and they're the ones that like, "Oh, we're not in a place to say anything." Yeah, that's crazy. It really sounds like it was part of the deal. Like you're like they like it's almost like and mm -hmm. the fact that no one like talked about it or anything like it wasn't mentioned. It wasn't big news. Yeah, it's just like it's like they did this transaction. And part of that transaction was that you're supposed to act like it's always been a Nintendo IP. Yeah, it's just it's so very it's so weird. Yeah, they're playing a lot of the no comment card. But that one statement from the spokesperson to say that we're not in a position to talk about it. It goes to show you that when you go into business, business, but when you go into the business of video games, especially the big business, when you're dealing with Nintendo and mm -hmm. large IPs, you don't really have that kind of creative freedom. I mean, look at this is that Astral Chain, which was developed by Platinum Games, and it feels very much like a Platinum Games game. It very, mm -hmm. feels very similar to Bayonetta uh, or even, oh, wasn't Platinum Games... Um, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Vengeance? Uh, no, I can't remember. Can't remember what the name is. Um, you're a sliding robot. <laughs> but 
it, like it, it feels very much like that, but it's mm-hmm. now a Nintendo IP. So even think about it like that. And when we talk about how veterans of the studios leave studios, yeah, this is very much why. Yeah, because what they create is not their own. Yeah. And a, and a lot of people will talk about how podcasters, you know, they don't really own their stuff on Anchor, blah, 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 blah. It, but it, it's very much important. Yeah. You know, if you're a creator, guess we're on Anchor. <laughs> but um, it's very much important for these creators, these developers to own the products that mm-hmm. they put out. And that's why they leave studios, because yeah. t- stuff like this. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. Any other thoughts? Not really. It's just weird. Cool. So let's talk about something I'm very excited about. Okay. Full circle is a developer that's making Skate 4. Yay. Yay. Skate 4 is actually becoming a thing. Ah. <laughs> so after seven months of no information, we, we got some information in June with the, uh, remember that really disappointing EA uh, Playhouse thing where they showed off some things like, uh, like, oh, here's this, here's that. Nope. And it, well, of course, it was right <laughs> before we recorded with Maddie, if you remember that. You're uh, asking me to remember June. Yeah, so we were watching it, and then immediately after we recorded with Maddie, and we were just talking off camera, like, how much that sucked. Oh, you remember that? Yeah. I, I don't remember talking what we were talking about, but If I you remember, remember in June, <laughs> in June, it ended on, we're making Skate 4. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Skate 4 is a thing. Not even we're making Skate 4. It just says, yeah, Skate 4 is a thing. It's, mm-hmm. yep, yep, we're coming together. But it's 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 actually really, really good because now there's a studio involved. Woohoo! So before, the Skate games were developed by EA's uh, studio called Black Box. And it was actually headed up by the same heads that are coming over to what's now called EA's Full Circle Studio. Mm. So the original developers, Cuz uh, uh, Perry, Cuz Perry, Cuz Perry, I think it is, and uh, Darren Chung, Darren Chung, I'm so stupid, <laughs> but uh, the original creators of the skate games actually are coming over to Full Circle, and they're mm-hmm. actually going to be taking part in Skate Four, uh, and now uh, the the actual studio head of this is actually mm-hmm. former Microsoft employee. Former head of Xbox Live, uh, Daniel McCulloch, McCulloch, McCulloch mm. uh, is coming over to lead the studio. And I want to read his quote right here. Uh, McCulloch, I, I hope, added, the fans wished Skate back into existence, and we want them to feel involved in the process from development to game launch and beyond. We want them to feel like they are part of Full Circle. So we are all about having fun and making great games that people want to play with their friends. And we're looking more we're looking for more developers to help us build compelling worlds, plural, which is c- cool, uh, for players to explore. Mm. So I read that quote and um after what happens to stealth games uh comes out in Evolts, uh the next video we're gonna develop is what I want to see with Skate 4. I'm just I'm just putting that one out there. <laughs> yeah. When he said like, "Oh, we want the we want the fans involved." I'm making a video about it. So, there's that. And it's going to come out in 3 months. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's 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 yeah. awesome. Skate 4 is actually in development. Yeah. There's a studio, there's heads, there's there's the actual people devel- who developed the skate mm-hmm. games involved. This is great. This is fantastic. Sounds good. Skateboarding games are, are coming back. 
What do you think? I agree. Thank you. I'm very excited. Yes, Skate 4. Skate 4. Skate 4. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Do you know how excited I am? I'm so excited. I'm happy for you. Spoiler alert. I'm asking if Shuriken Shannon can get into Skate 4, but that's that. Uh, spoiler alert. Save it for the video, Adam. Okay, I will. So, let's go into the last piece of gaming news. The number one is about Don't Nod. Yay! Since we're a Life is Strange channel, sort of, I guess. Yeah, sure, why not? Uh, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Uh, so, Don't Nod is actually getting a lot of funds from a little company, a tiny company, a little indie studio, if you will. Uh, Want to know who it is? I have a feeling it's not a small place. It's Tencent. Wow. Tencent. It's very small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't own 70% of the gaming industry. But yes, Tencent is actually buying, uh, purchasing a minority share in Don't Nod and a minority share of, uh, how much is it in American? Uh, $36 million. It's a lot of money. Just a I little bit of I a share. I could use that. Yeah, I, agree. I could use that. But I want to give us... Does mm -hmm. anyone want to share in our life? Uh, Tencent will now be funding the Games and Groceries podcast. <laughs> uh, and this is actually going into developing a new IP for PC, console, and mobile, it mm. says. So I want to read this quote right here. The funds raised, and this is from the article linked down below, the funds raised will mainly be used to finance the ramp up of Don't Nod strategy to develop new self-published intellectual properties worldwide on PC, consoles, and mobile platforms, and thereby take full advantage of the positive trends within the industry for creators of internationally renowned and original games, such as Don't Nod, a Don't Nod press release read. So. Life is strange on the go. Life is strange on the go. <laughs> Life is go. Um, so I do like this one thing. Uh, don't not strategy to develop new self-published intellectual properties. And what is what this is great for is that these funds will help self-publish. They don't mm -hmm. have to go through Square Enix mm -hmm. to publish any games. They don't have to go through any other developer to publish their games. Because of these you know, minority shares, uh, they can now self-publish yeah. new IPs. And they don't have to go through middlemen. Mm -hmm. They just have to go through Tencent. It's fine. Um... Uh, but yeah, so that that's a thing. Uh, Les, what do you think while I reset the camera for a little bit? Oh, thank you for doing that for me. Um, no, I think it's really nice of Tencent to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it sounds like it's good for Don't Nod. And um, I'm excited to see what they do with the money, like what new things we're going to get, more emotion ripping apart mm -hmm. games. Yay. So, of course, uh, and, you know, Donut isn't only known for Life is Strange. They're also known for um, Tell Me Why and now Twin Mirror, which I still haven't played yet. I know. I keep wanting to play that. Yeah, we haven't played it yet. But We're bad. Yeah, but it is what it is. And I believe Donut partially made Vampire, if I'm right. I feel like they did. Maybe. I know Focus Home Interactive did, but I think Donut had a thing in it. But that's the thing. They're they're now self-publishing a new yeah. IP. Uh, and that's all well and good because we want new games from Don't Nod. So mm -hmm. that's all great. So that's the top three gaming news. Uh, Astral Chain is a Nintendo IP. Do you like that? Do you think the Astral Chain characters will actually come to Smash Brothers? Probably now. Uh, write your thoughts in the comments down below. And Skate 4, a, a new studio. It's called Full Circle because they're coming full circle.
it's not something. After 11 years, 11 years, 11 years, ah, uh, after 11 years, uh, they're, they're coming full circle and they're making a new game. What do you think about that? Do you think I'm excited? Do you, are you excited for the new video that we're going to make? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. And finally, 10 cent purchasing, don't nod. Good, bad, I don't really care. Write your thoughts in the comments down below. So, I think it's time to bring on our guest. Okay. Sixth time, sixth time mm -hmm. on the show, Mr. Andrew Orsi. Andrew Orsi, of course, you know, had his menial uh, little little start in Good Game, Great you Game. You so mean. <laughs> uh, he started with Good Game, Great Game. Uh, you know, they're on the pause right now. And so uh, now he's coming onto the show now. He's, you know, of course, known as the unofficial get, uh, third guest third host i should say he's the unofficial third host of games and groceries y'all love him he's a fan favorite uh we're gonna be talking about retro games and uh it's gonna be something special because we got a lot of feedback from you the audience that we're gonna be discussing so uh, without further ado let's just bring him on let's bring on our good buddy uh mr andrew orsi Everybody, we are back with our very special guest, unofficial third host of the show. Also, probably going to take over Games of Groceries someday. It's Andrew Orsi. <laughs> Hooray! Yay. Andrew's here. How you doing? I'm here. I'm alive. That's I'm, good. I'm happier than I would expect to be, honestly, during a pandemic. So great. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> I, I feel like that at this point, now that's 2021 and um, certain powers have been shifted, let's, let's put this to say. Uh, <laughs> A lot of hope has come into the country. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still kind of messy. And I do want to ask you in New York, uh, I, I know the pandemic is much worse where you are. Uh, do you think it's climbing still? Are you still scared? Like, what do you think? Um, from what I've been reading, the numbers are still going up. Like, we yeah. we were the first one to get hit, like, back last April. And I believe our numbers are currently higher than they were then. What? And still going up. So, like, yeah. Well, that's fun. That's great. Meanwhile, we know people in personal life who won't get tested because they don't want to contribute to the numbers. And I'm like, but you are a number. Please. That doesn't help, right? That doesn't help anybody. <laughs> yeah. You can't just be like, oh, if my number's not here, the, the disease is going away. Like, no, you still have it if you, you have still it. still have it. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, is what it is. But Andrew's here. We're going to talk about retro games. Wow. So. Pew, 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 pew. I don't know. Is that retro game sounds? <laughs> so. We're going to jump into social media answers pretty soon because mm -hmm. we got uh, a good amount of them. We want to give you a chance uh, as the audience just to, uh, you know, share your opinions. But let's first talk about uh, defining the subject here. Right. So let's first discuss when a game becomes a quote unquote a retro game. Does it have to do with console generation? Does it have to do with years has come out? Uh, can, you know, let's say the Xbox One and PS4 are still relevant. Let's mm -hmm. not remember. Does it matter that, you know, the very first Xbox One game is that retro game or is now all Xbox One games retro games? So, uh, Andrew, why don't you start with this? Um, yeah, that's a big question because I think a lot of people use the term differently. Like, mm -hmm. I think there are people that would call, like, I think there are people that would go as far as saying, like, early PS4 or Xbox One games right now are retro. I think they're nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is fair. Um, I don't know that I would even say anything from, like, PS3 
yeah. era is is retro yet. For me, yeah. like I feel like retro, it needs to be like probably fifteen years at least, maybe twenty. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking like I could see people calling PS2 era stuff retro. Yeah. And like the GameCube, uh, mm-hmm. even though that like hurts my heart because like, <laughs> yeah. that's my whole yeah. childhood. And now my childhood is retro cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, so I would say somewhere around there, like 2000, 2005, if it's any more recent than that, I personally don't think it's retro yet. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, what do you think? No, I definitely agree with that. If it, I can see PS2 and back. PS2 so, and back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and you had asked, like, if it's just a specific game or all the games from that console. Yeah, so and does it have to do with console generation or just years since? I think it'd be the generation. The console generation. Yeah. So would you say Xbox 360 games and PS3 games would be retro? Since yeah. now we're at... Well, not PS... Because, like I said, t- PS2 and back. PS2 and so back. So PS3, I think, is stretching it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like early PS3 games could be in that category like when we're yeah. talking about like openers uh, i'm thinking oh oh what was the first ps3 game what was the launch title or even oh better yet you know with uh xbox 360 gears of war like yeah. that was like one of the early ones do we consider mm-hmm. gears of war a retro game not really or yeah. like little big planet little big planet like that was PS3. another one little yeah. big planet i don't know if a- i would call those retro yet yeah me i don't think i would yeah god of war 3 i believe was on the ps3 God of War yeah. 2 was on PS2, yeah, and then just, God of War 3 was... I think was... those are still too recent. Yeah, I would agree with Andrew. It has to be... I would say the defining line is 15 or 20 years. Yeah. So 15 years ago, 2020, so that's... Uh, let me do my math. Actually, with 15 years ago, that's around Gears of War time. Gears of War came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. So it's almost there. It's almost becoming a retro game. So give it 2022, it's couldn't be considered... a retro game yeah uh and i do agree with andrews is that it's kind of weird to talk about how xbox 360 ps3 nintendo wii games are retro games because it doesn't feel that long ago and i really do feel like it has everything to do with that like how long ago does it feel like it's been Mm -hmm. like how much have we progressed especially because when we were growing up Mm -hmm. retro was like the atari yeah and mm-hmm. things like that <laughs> which exactly. i had in my basement as a child yeah i had the nes yeah, yeah going up yeah yeah like and that's I retro had, yeah mm-hmm. so it's like really weird to think of generations that came out when we were like mm. 10 yeah being considered retro because we're like wait i was 10 like two weeks ago exactly so how yeah. is that retro and that's just it, is that um, I, I think what we're all coming to the conclusion of, I think it has to be at least 20 years. Because yeah. 20 years ago, that's 2001. We're talking Halo, like the very first Halo mm-hmm. coming out. We're talking like the original Xbox. We're talking PS2. We're talking GameCube yeah. games. 20 years ago, that was the era. And we're talking about that. Uh, and even through that console generation. So between 2000, 2004, I think it's the cutoff yeah. for a retro game. So I, we're we're thinking 20 years here. We're all retro game experts here, right? Absolutely. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, we should have brought on Patrick Hickey's opinion, but his opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> Apparently. No, Patrick Hickey. No, 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 no. Come back, come back, back up. But we, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. He's, He's never gone. listening uh, to the show ever again. Dang it. I lost a follow. <laughs> dang it, Patrick Hickey. Did you Love you. Um, You're so strange. Now, the second question before I go into social media answers is that uh, why is it almost 
not almost, but why is it important? If, now we're talking about games that came out 20 years ago, f- not even 15 years ago, 20 years ago and back. Why do you think it's important to take a look back at video game history, looking back on these games? Why is it important to actually appreciate retro games? Uh, Andrew, why don't you go first again? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is like appreciating where things come from appreciating Mm -hmm. where like where we started how all this started like when video games kind of began you know now we think of like oh sony and and microsoft and nintendo are like the big gaming Mm triple a games Mm -hmm. they they can't like nothing's gonna knock them down but like you gotta think like back when video games started like they were a risk like putting them out as a marketable thing that that they Mm -hmm. thought people would buy like you couldn't be sure yeah, I don't think anyone was like Mario Brothers is going to be this cultural phenomenon that literally everybody knows the name of this little Italian plumber we've created. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, a, so it's a matter of that. It's a matter of appreciating like where the start was and how far we've come. Because if you really get down to it, despite the fact that we're talking about retro games right now, the video game industry is like really young in comparison yeah, totally. to most things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then also like culturally within the video game culture a lot of like mario link like a lot of these iconic characters that we know a lot of these iconic franchises Mm. that have like this long history of spanning over 20 to 30 years worth Mm. of games you need to kind of know where they started from if you Mm. really want to appreciate the totality of the franchise Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. straight up i i I agree with you i i think we need to appreciate how things came to be uh, and I think that was my biggest regret for the first Evolt video with the RPGs. I feel like I needed more information of how they came to be because as Andrew uh, harassed me on the YouTube comments, <laughs> personal attacks, personal <laughs> attacks. But he was right that I didn't even account for JRPGs, Japanese RPGs, mm-hmm. how they came to be because they are not necessarily Western RPGs, but they did influence how RPGs today are formed. Mm-hmm. And we need to look at that which is why it took more research going into the stealth games and how they came to be. And, yeah. I, and I found that to be very, not just interesting, but it explained a lot of how stealth games are today yeah. because I looked back. Yeah. Uh, Liz, what are your thoughts? No, I definitely agree. It's like whenever we think about like when we were growing up, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of technology advances mm-hmm. in our lifetime like we've lived through a a lot of different types of technology technological abilities like we were born before the dvd no think about that and now we're now on vhs (laughs) and dvd like that was a huge thing (laughs) and now yeah i I was born during vhs's and cassette tapes oh yeah Yeah. dude. (laughs) yes final cassette um so like if you think about like i'm always thinking about that like i Mm -hmm. always watch things and i'm like wow we used to think this was like really good graphics yes and so like realizing that about video games like going back and playing like first video games it's like that was all they could do yeah and look at what we can do now like i just think it's important to appreciate the like Mm -hmm. advances and just being able to like literally play video games and watch how much Mm -hmm. they've like grown in their abilities like you can do the same with movies from having no voice and all in black and white yes the talkies yes well not the talkies just yet it wasn't even that yeah (laughs) it was just music over black and white action yes sped up Mm -hmm. but and then looking at movies now like you can do the same thing but with video games knowing that you don't even have real people you can't even get 
Like yes. back then it was pixels. You couldn't even get a real body shape mm-hmm. out of what they had. Yeah. So like just being able to watch that and see that, I think it's just important to see how much we've learned about video game technology and what we can do with it. And mm-hmm. just think, and that's what we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where you had asked, like, do we think this is, you know, where video games are going to stay? Mm-hmm. I don't think we can predict what's going to happen. And I think that's why it's important to look through. Yeah. Because no one knew we'd be able to do motion capture when they started video games back in, like, you know, 70s, mm-hmm. 80s. Yes. <laughs> that's true. Nobody knew that we would literally be able to have Norman Reedus in a game looking exactly like exactly. himself. A, a Norm, Norman Reedus lookalike, you know, or even... Um, <laughs> Uh, like we were just talking about this on our movie minutes, uh, the creepy guy from Until Dawn. <laughs> well, I was just about to say, like <laughs> yeah. with Until Dawn, that was—I mean, that wasn't insanely long ago, but it was long enough ago before mm-hmm. you know Norman Reedus being in a video game. Well, I was even going to say, talk about retro L.A. Noir when that came out, like how yeah, revolutionary like, face capture was then. Like, yeah, Hayden Pantier's character in Until Dawn yes. looked like Hayden Pantier. Norman Reedus looks a little bit more like Norman Reedus. Yeah. In in you know his game. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. I, I I can just imagine him like licking me through the screen. It's just that 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 good. You're weird. He licks his fans. Just letting you know. He does. Yeah. Yeah. He straight. That's his thing. That's on If you're a fan of Nor, you didn't notice. That's is a, this for real? For real? I'm or are dead you, serious. Is this like early April Fools. I feel no. like it's early April Fools. <laughs> He's straight up like I don't know if he does it anymore. You with know what? COVID. I think I think 2020 was early April Fools. That's true. Oh my god, it was the year of April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Norman. Can you imagine though how angry everyone would be if somebody like if all the scientists at once just pop out and they're like April, April Fools? Fools? There's no like what? It was a scam, Demic, all along. <laughs> oh, uh, like, oh, anyway, dude. let's get back no. on topic. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so yeah, if you see Norman Reedus in the streets, uh, run. He will lick you. There's many pictures. I'm glad, oh, I'm, glad I'm not a fan of him. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Not that does I'm he not... ask for? Does he ask for consent? No. Please tell me he asks for. He oh, just no. licks his fans. Oh, that's insane. Uh, and again, I don't know if he does it anymore because of COVID. <laughs> I would hope not. But uh, he licks his fans. So. <laughs> So we want to actually just jump right into social media answers. We usually do this uh, a little later in the show, but mm-hmm. because I asked a question on Twitter and Instagram and on Discord, join the Discord. Answers in the Discord. Go do it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Discord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Discord. I asked <laughs> you guys, why do you think retro video games are sometimes ignored by modern gamers? And this struck a chord with a good amount of people. So mm-hmm. we've got eight comments here that we're going to read through. And we're just going to discuss what, like, from each question. Yeah. So let's just get started with the Discord answer. 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 <laughs> uh, with uh, Absolute Prodigy, who then says, better question, are we obligated as gamers slash retro gamers to force new gamers to play retro games? I feel like there's so many people with nostalgia, and we'll talk about this, yeah. uh, with nostalgia goggles forcing down games just because back in my day, we farmed JRPGs for 30,000 hours or whatever number he gave. Uh, but I also haven't seen this occur where modern gamers are ignoring retro games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm more inclined to believe it. It isn't ignored. Emulation is the all-time high. Kids are being introduced to NES and SNES Mario. So I will say from my experience... As a youth pastor, uh, that age, the Gen Zers, they don't really go for retro games too yeah. much. There were there were some that did, mm-hmm. but most of the time, Gen Z is just kind of like they're in the new way, like the new Call of Duty. Uh, Fortnite was the big one. Um, 
uh, there's another game that they play a lot, but when you introduce them to retro games, they're not so interested. Mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, yeah, that was the thing. I think that has a lot to do with they kind of are in this generation of they're in the reboot generation mm-hmm. where everyone's remaking things for oh, them. Good point. So they don't have to experience the retro. They have the new and improved, the one that looks better, sounds better. Good point. Is done better. And I don't think they feel it as much. I think you'll have more of the kids who are interested in retro. They'll be the ones to, to that, you know, play the actual retro games. Like, just like movies, there are people who just love old-fashioned movies. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think you'll have the same thing with video games. You'll have kids in this generation who just really like retro games, which we've mm-hmm. seen, especially at LI Retro. Yes. You've seen kids who just really like retro games. They enjoy the current ones, mm-hmm. but they appreciate the old ones as well. Yeah. And I think you'll see more of that in this generation rather than kids mm. actively choosing to play the GameCube over their True. Switch. Yeah. Uh Andrew, what do you think about this comment too? Um, and what do you think about Liz's comment as well? Is that these kids are in the reboot generation or the remake generation? Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. I think um, I think it's a combination of growing up in in like the reboot generation, like you're talking about, and mm-hmm. growing up with with. Gra- Sorry if you just heard the seven thousand giant motorcycles that decided to go outside. Oh, my house I think right no. Nope. I thought that was us. Either nope, way, that's us. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah, I think there's the reboots, but also I think it's a it's a generation that's grown up with yeah advances in computer graphics having mm-hmm. been so far that like those old graphics are like jarring to them in a way that they can't figure out what's going on. Whereas for yeah. me, I don't care mm-hmm. if the graphics are good in a game. For me, gameplay is what engages me like yeah. single handedly. When when yeah. developer and I know that this is you know there are even people in our generation that care a lot about graphics, but like for me. If a trailer for uh, at a, at an E3 or whatever event they might be showing off a new game, if they're like, it's going to have 60 frames per second, 4K, <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm like, I don't care about that. Please tell me what the gameplay is. Yeah. 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 You could have this. I mean, like Minecraft is played constantly. Minecraft is nothing exceptional in graphics. You yeah. have to make the game fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think that there is something that it's a little more jarring for people. And also... What I will say, a lot of my experience, especially in like the RPG realm, which is I think where a lot of people try to get people to play like retro RPGs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. RPGs have changed so much. Mm-hmm. Like it's like voiced cutscenes now. It's it's yeah. um, a lot of guidance as to where to go next. They're a little more like I consider it a little handholdy. Yes. Um, I don't necessarily find modern RPGs as challenging as old ones because it tells you exactly where to go and tells you how to do things. Mm-hmm. And they take out a lot of grinding. Whereas in old RPGs, half the time I was just lost. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just me wandering from screen to screen being like, where am I supposed to go? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and then you just have to like, you would literally have bosses that would kill you and you would have to spend 10 hours grinding up your levels. That was mm-hmm. a thing yeah. in old RPGs. And I think, yeah. like, yeah, that's not enjoyable. And I understand that that's not enjoyable. I also, though, consider it um, being an early lesson for me in putting hard work into something and then yeah. getting success because of it. Mm-hmm. So I think there's value. And I also understand arguments against it. So it's like there's, there's a very nuanced, mixed answer to literally all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I think that 
I don't think I want to force down any retro yeah. games, but at least understanding where they came from will yeah. have a greater appreciation for what games are today. Like I said, just looking at the the way stealth games have grown yeah. made me appreciate how stealth games are made today. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that uh, I understand where you know we're in the reboot and generation or even the remaster generation. There's yeah. a lot of remasters coming up. Now that the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remaster is coming out, yes, I will mention in every episode. Uh, now that the <laughs> right, uh, now that that's come out, there's really no point for me to say like, okay, go back to play the the very first Tony Hawk. And it's like, yeah. why? There's a better version of it that mm-hmm. pretty much is a love letter to that game. Yeah, it, it's. I can't say, I can't say it doesn't take very very close detail to what the yeah. first game was in a way that modern gamers can appreciate it for mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of that teetering like do remasters count as retro games uh it depends on the remaster i think tony hawk's pro skater one and two is a very 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 well done remaster of the original games mm-hmm. but there's some that are just like eh. yeah like the crash bandicoot and insane trilogy another good one yeah uh, also made by Vicarious Visions. Uh, free Vicarious Visions from Blizzard. Uh, hashtag Adam Crazy. Uh, <laughs> so, any other thoughts before I move on? No. Free Vicarious I think, Visions. I think my other... I mean, I have tons of thoughts circulating around, but let's go through some of these other answers. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, can yeah. probably put them through all of this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, we're ending on Free Vicarious Visions. Got it. No. So, uh, Dan, from The Greatest Story Ever Played... I asked you guys on Twitter, how do you, uh, why do you think retro games are sometimes ignored by modern gamers? Uh, he has two reasons. One, access. Very mm-hmm. much true. Access. It can be yeah. tough to get old games, whether not having the console or even if you do have the console, the game might still cost $50. Yeah. And two, doesn't hold up. I've been surprised that even some PS3 era games are pretty rough. And that's not even a long time ago. Yeah. So I do agree that one is access. And I and I love the way Xbox is coming out with backwards compatible games. Like mm-hmm. so many. Going back to the original Xbox, uh, backwards compatible is becoming access so that you have one console. Mm-hmm. But like you said, getting retro games is expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twilight Princess, you know, I've seen at the lowest cost at, on the GameCube, Twilight Princess is $60. That's the lowest yeah. I've seen. Maybe $55. Yeah. But I, I, it gets up there. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, And then the other thing is it doesn't hold up. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you have these retro glasses on and you think it holds up. But yeah. Really, if you play Mario Kart 64, you're just like you're you're asking for a whooping on your brain. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Andrew, what do you think of Dan's comments? Yeah, I think access is like the key thing that, and and it's been like like we said, backwards compatibility is a huge thing because when mm-hmm. so like the PS2 came out, and I was able to buy PS1 games mm-hmm. when I because I never had a PS1. Yeah, my first console, my console my first console was a game boy color yeah um and then i had a sega genesis mm-hmm. and then ps2 was the next thing and once i had a ps2 then i started getting a lot of the consoles in each generation mm-hmm. but like i didn't have the stuff before that because i didn't like my first my early early childhood my dad had the atari and we did pc gaming but we didn't really like get me into video games until the game boy started coming out and then mm-hmm. i wanted portable stuff to play in the car basically mm-hmm. yeah um 
So, but like with my PS2, I could get, I could still get like Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy IX, mm-hmm. Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics, which why is that not available on any system right now? I know. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it really Yeah, so it. It's, it was just a matter of like, I could still get those PS1 games, the ones that were classics and play them on my PS2. All I had to do was get a proper memory card yeah. to be able mm-hmm. to save stuff in. Mm-hmm. And then I was fine. And then all of a sudden PS3 and Xbox 360 start coming out and then Xbox One. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. we're not doing backwards compatibility. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so what am I supposed to do with all these games? Like if my PS2 dies, mm-hmm. then I just have all these PS2 games that I can't mm-hmm. play anymore, but I paid for them. Excuse me. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, I don't, it's not that I don't appreciate remasters and, and that, that being one way to give access to a game that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I'm current, I'm literally right now looking at my PlayStation 2 because I have it back out because I'm playing the Dark Cloud series again, nice. which I could get on my PlayStation 4. They are mm-hmm. available. They've been ported and remastered. That's wonderful. But I already own them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pay $30, $40, $50 mm-hmm. to yes. own the game a second time if mm-hmm. I can still play it. Fair. Yeah. So then it gets frustrating if I like, if my system were to break that I could play that on, like my Wii does not work anymore. Mm-hmm. luckily the wii u has backwards compatibility so i haven't lost anything but mm-hmm. like if that were to also break and i wouldn't be able to play my wii games i would be very frustrated at having to buy the game again just because you didn't like provide systems yeah. you know what i mean yeah no exactly yeah yeah liz what are you what are you thinking um so first uh, i'm thinking that um oh my brain went blank for a second give me give me a second here give me a second so for our generation we grew up as video games were still advancing. We weren't sure. So when we were growing up, we got the new system. We throw out the old one. Yes. And like Andrew's saying, they weren't all backwards compatible. And so we've lost some. Like you didn't have your original Xbox mm-hmm. at this age and you wish still had it. Now you didn't have a choice in that matter. We've gotten into that before. Yeah. But that's a thing you you know we didn't know that back then mm-hmm. and then also i was thinking for this current generation like the gen z's they didn't really grow up with gaming parents like they might their parents might have enjoyed video games but they were in that generation of people who still can like video games were still for kids yes so they didn't play it as adults they didn't all keep their systems really yeah so they're not growing up with gaming parents, so they don't have access to the retro systems as well mm-hmm. as we do. Like, we have them because they were ours growing up. Yes. Like, most of our retro systems that we have in our house were mine growing up. Mm-hmm. So so our kids will have access to that stuff because we grew up with it. We kept it specifically so we could play with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the kids now don't have as much access because they have to find a retro store. They have to buy this console that's probably more expensive than, you know, if you got it at a thrift store yeah. because it's yep. at, at a store that's like cleaned it up and made it good and yep. it's presentable. So it's harder to buy, mm-hmm. harder to find. And then you have to, like you said, you have to go buy all the games and yeah. games you want to play on a retro system are the classics and they're going to be more expensive than you know, Mary-Kate and Ashley, which is what I had for my Game Boy Advance. Yeah. (laughs) I had Mary-Kate and Ashley Sweet 16 as my favorite game. My goodness. Anyway, um, but so I think that's where it comes into like the access part where it's like, it'll be easy for our kids, but this current generation of like high school, middle school. Yeah. Don't they, it's like kind of that they're hitting that generation gap where their parents don't have any retro game systems to show them. Yeah. So. Say it. Yeah. Um, 
I, th- I think I'll move on to Nikki's answers, too, because she kind of piggybacks off of uh, Dan. Uh, Nikki on Twitter says, I'd love to play some older games, but I don't have the hardware for it. Waiting for some Switch ports. Like, come on. Like, yes. seriously. Uh, again, backwards compatibility needs to be a thing. Also, maybe they're not talked about as much anymore, because, and therefore they get forgotten. So mm-hmm. because we're not talking about them anymore. Oh, and as Dan said, uh, some games are kind of hard to play nowadays with taste. Uh, like, ju- uh, like just take, oh, okay, just take Mass Effect 1, which wouldn't even be considered retro, but it's kind of bad on gameplay compared to newer titles in the series. I agree with that. Uh, the Mako is a nightmare to drive. Like, I don't know if there was a 3DS port of the, t- uh, the oh, The Legend of Zelda, um, oh, no, Ocarina of Time and um, Majora's Mask. She put MM. And I was like, oh, what is that? Majora's Mask. <laughs> are weird at that. So what she's saying, I do like this. Like, maybe they're going to talk about it enough because, you know, they're not talked about. Mm-hmm. We forget them because it's kind of like what you said. You get the games, you play them. Yeah, you, you, you wait a few years and kind of throw them out and we're, they're forgotten about, yeah. you know, unless like it's a super classic like Super Mario or The Legend of Zelda or, or your hoarders like my family. And for some reason, we just kept all of our Nintendo yeah, games same. like mm-hmm. I have. So here's the thing that I need to do sometime soon. I have I have a, a working Game Boy Color. Nice. I have tons of Game Boy Color games and I have saved the instruction booklets and the original Ooh. boxes. So, like, I feel like some of those I could probably sell to some collectors for decent money mm-hmm. if I don't really want them anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the thing is that they're so valuable. And it, it's a matter of are they valuable to you as a collector or are they valuable to you as uh, one who pays rent? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some games that I sold, you know, just to, yeah. you know, come here. But, uh, yeah. I sold my game, my it was the pink see-through Game mm. Boy Advance. Yes. I yeah. My little sister had a purple one, and we traded them in mm-hmm. so that we could get a new cord mm-hmm. for our um, our GameCube. Because yeah. the cord we had wasn't working. It was it just wasn't connecting to TV right. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay. Yeah. We put we took our we took our our little Game Boys over to GameStop. Mm-hmm. We're like we would like a cord <laughs> to play. Yeah, and now I'm like I wish I kept my Game Boy Advance. Yeah, stupid yeah. little girl. <laughs> I still play my Game Boy Advance on a really regular basis. Mm-hmm. Like I'm currently nice. doing. See, I'm just going to talk about how many retro games I just replay all the time now. Is what this podcast yeah. is going to be. <laughs> but like, I like I'm currently feels, playing yeah. the original Fire Emblem, the like first one that was re- released in North America. Yeah, which again, why has that not been ported to anything? it's such a good game and the series has had like multiple revivals like awakening kind of revived the series Mm -hmm. on the 3ds Mm -hmm. and now we have three houses that has put it back into public consciousness Mm -hmm. give me a port of this original one this is the best fire emblem game sorry not sorry (laughs) three houses has nothing on this Ooh, (laughs) okay we're canceled and i love three houses so that's just it's less of a diss of three houses and more of a like props for this original yeah Yeah, that's uh that you love it so much that it's just like Mm -hmm. it doesn't even take the cake you know Yeah. yeah Uh, so I have five Instagram answers here. So Ooh. we're just going to go through these. So uh, Player Way Podcast actually has to say, when I said, you know, why do you think retro video games are sometimes ignored by modern gamers? Uh, Player Way Podcast says graphics mainly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, I think it's either an intentional choice to look over the graphics or appreciate them 
with nostalgia. So, you know, us retro gamers, we're just looking past the graphics. Uh, absolutely love retro games because I missed out on a lot of them as a kid. True. Uh, same here. But it was hard at first due to the graphics, but it was an intentional choice to, of appreciation for the art and step forward. Mm -hmm. Brian from Play Your Way. Thanks, yeah. Brian. Uh, so, yeah. What, what do we think about that? Just appreciating a game and looking past the graphics because I feel like that's the biggest number one answer. Yeah. If we were playing on Family Feud and Steve Harvey came up to us like, why do people ignore it? Graphics. The survey says. And it would be number one answer. Ding, ding, ding. And then he that would. That was a long explanation. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, but no, I definitely uh, agree. I, I, where he said that he plays the retro games, like he tries to push past the graphics mm -hmm. because he wants, he feels they need to be appreciated. Yes. He needs to play. That is actually how I feel about a lot of movies. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Like there are times where it's like, oh, that looks really good, but I want to see the original too. Yeah. And even though there are some older movies yeah. that I don't like as much mm -hmm. as the ones now, I feel like I need to watch it. Like mm -hmm. I still need to watch Schindler's List. You haven't seen I, Schindler's List? I tried watching it once in like high school or college and it yeah. was just the low quality film. Well, no, wait, the, hold, the filming, hold, not the, shut hold, up, shut what? up. Okay. The actual camera <laughs> footage. It's, it's intentional to, it's Can not, I finish okay. what I was going to say? I I'll said just, I was in high school and college. I'll step over here then. Thank you. Bye. Bye. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I want to watch it. Yeah. I, because as a movie person, I know that's a very iconic movie that I need to watch and I want to. Yeah. But when I, it wasn't, I think when I went into watching it, I didn't realize how old it was. Like, I didn't know when it came out. It 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 didn't come out in the black and white era. I it know. was an intentional. I I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll I stop, understand I'll stop. that. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. See, I try to be honest, and you're just like shaming me over here. I'm not here. shaming Andrew. Help. Whatever you <laughs> so you missed. Well, so here's the thing. Here's the thing <laughs> that I'm I'm kind of taking from this yes. that I think we can glean back into video games yeah. is. You as a high school college person, mm -hmm. yeah. you don't have context of like, when did this movie come out? Yeah. You don't have context of why might they have made the choice to to mm -hmm. do a more grainy film style that isn't yeah. high quality. You know, you don't have any of that context. You're just kind of like, oh, this isn't colorful. Mm, yeah. Like it's yeah. a quick reaction. Yeah. And we have to remember that I think a lot of the people that we're talking about that can't get past the graphics and don't appreciate retro games enough or exactly. old man. Um is like the Gen Zers who mm -hmm. are yeah. end of high school, college, yeah. just coming into adulthood. Maybe when they get to my ripe old age of 30, <laughs> they yeah. could have an appreciation and be able mm -hmm. to push past those things more and appreciate context more. So maybe there's also just a bit of impatience from us yeah. um, who do have the nostalgia goggles and who are of the age where we can look beyond like baseline just graphics and mm -hmm. what we're yeah. used to. Yeah. Um, and we need to wait for other people to meet us here. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I will say, you know, you know, late 20s going to 30. I do have more of an appreciation for things than I did when I was 21. Exactly. You know, uh, not even talking about appreciating retro games, just life in general. There's mm -hmm. some things that I appreciate more that I'm older, you know, mm -hmm. uh, including uh, uh, drinking your feelings away. Uh, but there's some things that... <laughs> So weird. Without joking, though, there yeah. are some things that I, I do look back on and I've matured enough to oh, goodness, actually appreciate gracious. it. 
Uh, but not matured enough that you can say mature without <laughs> smiling. I can say mature. You're smiling. I'm, I know you can say it. I'm saying you can't say it without smiling. Look at a beautiful woman. You're an idiot. But that's the thing. So I think I think there's there's a lot to go on that. Like, is it really the Gen Z or is it really the age? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we just gotta let kids age, and that's sounds creepy. So we're gonna go on to <laughs> we're gonna go on to Volt Supreme. <laughs> Volt Supreme has to say, are Australian... What's something that rhymes with Australian that's like a good adjective? Australian... Mammalian. Mammalian. <laughs> that's it. My Australian mammalian uh, has to I say... Know. Is that a word? It is now. It is. It is. It I is. promise. Okay. Oh, is, I was a spelling bee kid. So. Oh, wait. What is mam- <laughs> wait. What does mammalian mean before I call him that? It's just like mammal-like. <laughs> She's called- like a member of the mammal family. Humans are mammals. mammalian. I know, but it's just like, oh man, how would you describe Volt Supreme? Ah, he's a mammal. <laughs> <laughs> he's just just really, really baseline description. Yeah. Would you would you consider Volt Supreme to be a friend? Ah, he's a mammal. Or like uh, he's how, like made of molecules. How would you describe the robber you saw at the store? He it was a mammal. He's a mammal. <laughs> Can you imagine Definitely the police is like, we're mammal. looking for a mammal. <laughs> Full supreme. Not sure what species or anything. Some games are nope. just timeless works of art, he says, our Australian mammalian. Um, but many retro games attracted people's attention because they're groundbreaking. Wow factor when they were released. These days, obviously, games are much more technically impressive. So old games are relying on new tech of time or innovation or mm-hmm. the latter or that was later surpassed. Sorry. Well, uh, we'll have a tough time getting the attention or be even worth playing because of the innovations mm-hmm. we've got. A good story is timeless, though. Also, good music or melodies are timeless. Others might say good gameplay. And he gives the peace sign. Mm-hmm. Thanks, my my main mammalian. So, again, uh, talking about uh, the first mm-hmm. comment we got on Instagram saying, like, you have to push back the graphics. You have to push yeah. back uh, for that. Going into what Volt says, uh, going into retro games, you push past the graphics to get a good story, great mm-hmm. melodies, a good gameplay. There's some retro games that play better than modern games, yeah. too. You know, um, I'm I'm even thinking about I, I love the 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 documentary indie film the game. Mm-hmm. And they and the people who made Super Meat Boy appreciate uh Super Mario and how Nintendo gave super accurate controls mm-hmm. over it, like very, very keen on getting uh each latency to to, mm-hmm. to do just that. So there's some games that actually can co- control better than they do yeah. now. Um uh, what do you think about this, Andrew, about uh, Volt Supreme's answer? Yeah, I think that's very much it. I think because I also think that there's a difference between a game just being innovative to be innovative, which we are getting sometimes from developers yes. right now. Shade, yeah. Absolute shade intended. Um, <laughs> versus a game that does innovation by just creating a really, a really well-made product. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's why, like... Would I say that The Last of Us has the best gameplay that's ever existed? No, I think it's it's gameplay. I, it, it's nothing. I don't yeah. I don't think about gameplay when I think of The Last of Us. What I think of is that it was an incredibly well crafted character based story. Yes, to a cinematic degree that we had almost never seen in video games before. So there was an innovation in in pre- presentation of a narrative. Mm-hmm. 
but like the story was still and the characters were still so well crafted that like even when we move past it that's going to hold up those things are still mm-hmm. worth checking out yes. it's the same as things like the the older final fantasies the graphics get kind of messy mm-hmm. I, for me turn based turn based gameplay is like mm pretty universal like i don't think it's that hard to pick up turn blaze turn jesus <laughs> turn, turn blazed gameplay Jeez. um i don't think it's that hard to pick up turn-based gameplay i know that it's not some people's cup of tea but i think it's easy enough to like mm-hmm. even with older graphics figure out what's going on and what you're doing with it yeah um but the stories like the sort of sweeping stories that they did and the way that they they incorporated all of these characters in your party and gave them arcs Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Final Fantasy X is like so monumental to me. Yes. Final Fantasy X gave you a party of seven characters and every single one of them had a full character arc that was unique to themselves. And like, I don't think other games were doing that. I don't think other even RPGs or JRPGs were doing that as well at the time. Yes. So, you know, are the graphics of Final Fantasy X like fantastic? No, there's definitely some weird smiles and mm-hmm. stuff in yeah. the faces. Um, and even in the remaster, like really the remaster brightened the colors and smoothed some lines, but it didn't change that much of what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's a really wonderful game and I will recommend it to literally anyone who's getting into gaming. Like mm-hmm. I want people to understand that this game meant so much to to me and to the gaming world in a lot of ways into the narrative yeah. structure of games. So yeah, I absolutely agree that like, that is what makes a retro game something you should push people back to and tell them to push through the graphics mm-hmm. if it's yeah. got these other elements that are worth it. I yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, uh, Liz, any other thoughts? No, I mean, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Like, if it's... And, and I think that'll always be true. If the story is good enough or if it's... The gameplay is good enough. Like, if it's something that's just done well outside of the graphics that weren't in their control at the time... Yeah. I think that is definitely worth telling someone like if you can just push through it, mm-hmm. it'll be great because yeah. like, and that's again, going back to movies cause that's what I more of do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you think of movies, it's like people watch classic movies because they're classic. Mm-hmm. They don't watch it because they don't like colored TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they watch it because it's They're like, it's, boy, I'm tired of all these colors assaulting my eyes. I need some <laughs> exactly. black and white in here. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Or even like even movies that were in color, they weren't as bright. Yes. But people still watch them because they were classics. They enjoy them and it's worth watching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as it's a story that's worth telling and worth sharing, like even video games today, they're not big and new and innovative, but yes. they're really good stories. So you should play it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I, I agree. Uh, well, so this is the thing that I would say about, sorry to like go for interrupt it. before the next answer, but go to follow it. up on that, like this is what I will say about the remaster culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A remaster is a super excellent idea for these games where it's like, there's a story worth checking out or there's music worth checking mm-hmm. out or there's mm-hmm. this element that is important to gaming history but maybe the graphics were are pretty rough right now. Maybe yeah. the gameplay had some glitchy hiccups in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about like, like missing number in the Pokemon games. <laughs> if you were to remake Pokemon Red and Blue and not include missing number, you're trash. It's a part of the game. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but like, you know what I mean? Like um, the... The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, I think, is such a wonderful... Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, I, it's, it's hard to say whether that's a remake or a remaster because it is, like, 
they added a couple elements and it's a completely yeah. different art style. I consider it a remaster largely because they stayed so true to what the original was. Mm-hmm. That was one of my first games ever. I know that game so well. And mm-hmm. I was able to take all of my game knowledge and play it again in the new version, mm-hmm. but with now an approachable art style with a couple of the things that were a little wonky in the first game fixed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like, those kind of things are wonderful. The Tony Hawk remaster. You know what I mean? It's just like, let's just fix the things that make these monumental games hard for someone to go back to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. there's a remaster of like Tomb Raiders getting its second remaster in the last three years, yes. I'm like, guys, now it's a cash grab. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. yeah. Or like Skyrim. <laughs> uh, so I got three answers uh, and we're coming up on the end of the show. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to read these and we can give our final thoughts on them. But I'm just going to go through and say my Keddy, who says nowadays games are extremely polished in comparison. Many of the new games appear <clears throat> appeal to the public with their visuals. Back then, we pretty much ignored them because they were technical because of the technical limitations. The medium grew a lot. Uh, the medium being video games, mm-hmm. the medium grew a lot and learned how to keep the player engaged with, and some classics have fatal flaws in terms of nowadays game designs, mechanics and control. There are many reasons. And we talked about that a little bit. Uh, the greatest show on dirt who you de- definitely need to check out. If you love yes. retro baseball, talking about retro, ret- he's really going in on old school seventies baseball, mm-hmm. the way that was. So if you're into that Whoa. greatest show on dirt, Super awesome podcast. Uh, I'd say that they don't have that nostalgic. I don't say that they have that nostalgic factor to them. They're so basic. Sometimes they're hard to play. Take Ghostbusters for the NES. It's an extreme example, but you probably can only enjoy the game if it brings those good nostalgic feelings Mm -hmm. from playing it as a kid. I don't know if it applies to other newish games, but maybe. And then finally, we have from... Tufer the Emo Gamer, who is also on the Discord, mm-hmm. uh, who says, by the way, Meme Lord. So yeah. uh, Tufer says, I feel like nostalgia has almost everything to do with it. It's not like we wouldn't, um, it's not like they wouldn't like then either. 8 and 16 bit current gen games always get high praise when a retro game gets an update or a port. Uh, okay. And when a retro game gets a port. They tend to do very well. So I like that last point, that too, for me, too. Like, uh, in current-gen games, when a game comes out 8 and 16-bit, mm-hmm. oh, wow, it's super fantastic. Or when a retro game mm-hmm. gets an update, like KOTOR sometimes yeah. gets an update on Steam, and it's just like, oh, wow. Uh, so Or remasters. But mm-hmm. going back to the old-school games. Yeah. And I think that's what all three of these comments kind of say is that they're 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 so polished right now mm-hmm. that going back to it, it doesn't seem as impressive. Yeah, like I can recall the one time um, we had one of our youth students play <laughs> our Mario Kart for the Game Boy. Oh no no no! It was or not the Game Boy, the uh, GameCube. It was actually Mario Party on the uh, N sixty four. Was it? I thought. Oh, we also had him play Double Dash, but we also yeah. had him play Mario I'm Party thinking, for. Yeah, I'm talking about Double Dash. Yeah, Double Dash. And he was like so angry about mm-hmm. like he's like I'm better when I'm playing on the Wii. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was like I can play it on the Wii, and he's like was saying that it was like all of like Double Dash's fault. Mm-hmm. 
and we're just like, why? This one is great. This one is better than it the one. It is on so Wii. better. It is. Yeah. But that's kind of a, like what um, Greatest Show on Dirt was saying. Mm-hmm. He was. It, it for us double dash rings nostalgia like mm-hmm. we loved playing that we played that together when we first started dating yes and the best. <laughs> yeah. but that's the thing like for that it holds a lot of nostalgia it holds our childhood the beginning of our relationship mm-hmm. whereas for him as like a 16 year old at the time he's like i hate this game mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like it's old it's got bad controls and i mm-hmm. hate it <laughs> fair yeah yeah andrew what do you think about this um, yeah, sorry for muting myself briefly. There's a pian- There's a very old piano in an apartment like below me okay. that gets played literally once a month, and apparently right now is the time. <laughs> Fun, lovely. So Background music. Myself muted when I'm not talking, so we don't pick up too much of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like that's the thing is like when you're trying to get people into retro games Mm. you have to kind of step back from your own nostalgia Mm -hmm. and like remember where that is and i think that's like a thing for for players i think that's a thing for developers like for me and this might be a hot take here we go um the final fantasy 7 remake Mm. i didn't love Mm. i thought it was a remake that was highly aware of how popular a game it was, mm-hmm. thought it knew why it was popular, and decided to change things and live its life to bring out the popular elements. And I'm like, yeah. I want you to remake the game. I don't need a new yeah. version. I don't. I'm not interested in 2020 <laughs> in playing <laughs> mysterious protagonist Cloud, who has the mopiest attitude. He, he's very pretty. He's a very <laughs> pretty man. Speaking as a homosexual, he's a very pretty <laughs> man. Give you that. But he's mopey as heck. He's rude and off-putting. And yet, Tifa and Aerith are hanging off of him. Mm-hmm. I am uninterested in this dynamic in 2020. Yeah. He has done nothing to earn the affection of any woman. <laughs> Just not two. So, yeah. like, there are so many things in that reboot that, to me, are so fan servicey and are done so over the top mm-hmm. that it's like now we've lost the appreciating the original game and introducing people to what was wonderful about the original game. And we're just trying to, like, kind of do our own thing with it to, mm-hmm. like, and then to break it into whatever three or however many parts they're going to break it into, which also feels like a money grab to me. Oh, it totally mm-hmm. is. Yeah. But so, like, you know what I mean? Like, that it's, it's on our side and it's on the developer's side. When yeah. you are looking back at retro games and trying to bring people into classics, mm. you have to know the ones that are worth it. You have to know the ones that you love just because of nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. I fully admit, the Dark Cloud series that I'm replaying, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We played Dark Cloud 2 on Good Game, Great Game. Zach did not love it. Really? <laughs> like, I know that this is my game and yeah. I yeah. know it has lots of flaws. Mm-hmm. This is not what I'm going to be like, everyone needs to play. If you mm-hmm. want to try it, like go for it. I will talk you through all the aspects of the game and help you explore Fair. the too many systems and blah, blah, blah. But like, that's just a me thing. Yeah. yeah. Versus like Final Fantasy Tactics, if it was available anywhere right now, would be something I'm still trying to get everyone to play because like yeah. gameplay it's one of the best tactics games ever created still to this day. And story-wise, it's also incredible. So, like, there's elements in that that are beyond my nostalgia that I think are worth mm-hmm. reaching out to still. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's very much based on get, get out of your nostalgia goggles a little bit, mm-hmm. narrow down the scope of retro games that are sort of in the required viewing. Yes. <laughs> Fair. Well, we're reaching the final minutes of the of the show now. 
And we've gone through a good amount of uh, people's opinions about retro yes. games. Wrong opinions, most of them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I do want to use the final minutes. If we have any, like, one or two retro games that if we're going to recommend to somebody to, to play, and if we've already said that 20 years ago, we're talking about 2001, 2004 being the cutoff, uh, what kind of games are we thinking? And if uh, if you guys have to think, I have one. I think I have my two. You have your two? Yeah. And I'm working on it. I'm now trying to narrow it down to just two is where I'm at. <laughs> I think we'll have Andrew have the last words here. So, okay. Liz, what are your two? So, I don't know when this first one came out, but yes. I would definitely, especially for this generation, mm -hmm. go back and play the original Animal Crossing on the GameCube. Original Animal Crossing, yeah. Because the reason, and I talked about this when Josh was on, mm -hmm. the reason why I get so off-put by the new one, mm -hmm. New Horizons, is because the last time I played Animal Crossing was the original, and you could interact you had more options when you were interacting with townspeople. Yes. You could actually have a full conversation with them. You could be rude to them. You could be nice to them. Mm -hmm. You could just ignore them. Yeah. Whereas in this one, there's no conversation. Mm -hmm. And I really, I dis I dislike that. Yeah. So um, definitely go back and play that one. I definitely think it's worth it mm -hmm. to understand why I don't like New Horizons as much. Yes. Um, and then the other one, I have to say... I want to say Glover because that was Glover, yeah. such a big one. But also, my first thought was Ready to Rumble. Okay. I loved that game. Mm -hmm. You remember how much I loved that game. On the you N64. ruined it. Because I beat you. I was not. No one beat me until I started dating you. So. Fair. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But I <laughs> loved that game. Yeah. Don't know why. I just really, especially for how girly I was growing up. But I absolutely loved the game. It was on um, the Nintendo 64. And mm. I loved it. It was awesome. I would say my two, and I'm going to start with the RPG first, just to get it out of the way, uh, because I know Andrew, one of his is an RPG. I have I'm, so I'm many. Sure I just realized oh, how I'm many gonna, more. I have like 40 RPGs I'm shuffling I through. I just realized I had like so many more retro games that I really, really love. Oh, goodness. But like your your top two. I don't be. have, they're like Aladdin and then Sonic, both on my Sonic. Sega. Oh, Aladdin. I, I literally have Aladdin right now in my room and oh I need to like goodness. hook up my Sega Genesis and see if it still works because I want to play it again now. <laughs> and you got the PS4 I version. have it for the PS4. I got it for Christmas in 2019. Oh. For, in 2019, it's still in the plastic. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I would say mine, first of all, uh, KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, mm -hmm. the very first Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Great RPG made by Bioware. You can still play it on your Xbox One, your Xbox Series X. It's backwards compatible. You can play it on Steam, kind of, sort of. If you have Windows 10, not so much. Uh, but definitely you can play it on there. And one, I keep talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remaster. But a game that's still, I believe it came out 2003. But it came out the original Xbox and PS2 era. And I believe it came on GameCube as well. I'm pretty sure Tony Hawk's Underground. And I, I think that was on GameCube. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely recommending if you haven't played it yet, if you have access to it, I know it's backwards compatible on an Xbox 360, not on Xbox One for some reason. But Tony Hawk's Underground story was just so fantastic and so fun to play through. And the gameplay was great. It was it was the first one where you can get off the skateboard. Uh, the different skaters, um, like Chad Muska's part was great. You know, there is so much to do in Tony Hawk's Underground that I can't recommend it enough. So that's a retro game that I recommend. And Andrew, 
Last words. What are the retro games that you're recommending to people? All right. Um, I'm going to break some things down into like genres. Oh, my goodness. How I'm going to look at it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to break the rules. It's going to be more than two. It's going to be like three, probably. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> go for it. How dare I? Yeah. That's okay. Technically, I give like four or five. Fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, for me, I love so many RPGs. Um, and, and I think JRPGs are are sort of where the modern RPG has come out of. I think Western RPGs even have been so influenced by things in JRPGs that like revisiting a classic JRPG is essential. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people will tell you Final Fantasy VII is the one. I'm going to continue to shout out Final Fantasy X. Like, I just can't tell you how many things. Oh, yeah. And it's it's available in an HD remaster on modern systems. So, mm-hmm. like, you can get it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics still absolutely hold up. Yeah, are there some weird voice acting moments? Like, is there the weird laughing scene? Sure. Mm-hmm. It's also oh. funny. And, like, you can laugh at it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you played you it know? on your channel, by the way. I know, I did. And then I stopped partway through because I hate editing videos. <laughs> I Fair. literally have the whole game recorded and everyone on my other Discord is like, post it. And I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> Fair. So if so, you want to um, taste, yeah. check out Andrew's channel. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's my RPG recommendation. Mm-hmm. Like, that is the one you should do. Um, for tactics and strategy game, which is another genre I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I want to recommend Final Fantasy Tactics because it's, I just think it's iconic. It's set the tone for tactics franchises. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it is currently not accessible on like anything. Yeah. Um, and I know that even like, I don't know how PS one emulation is or if it's really accessible. Mm-hmm. However, since mm-hmm. we already talked about this one, I'm going to say the original fire emblem, because I know that mm-hmm. game boy advanced emulators are very accessible right mm-hmm. now. So if you need to do it on an emulator, do it. But like the original fire emblem, it is the seventh one in the series. Fire emblem blazing blade is the subtitle. If you want to give it one, mm-hmm. it's the first one that came to North America. It's the one that set the tone for the series in North America. It is so worth playing. The characters are amazing. Hmm. It is what I want out of modern Fire Emblem games that they don't give me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's challenging, too. It's a challenging tactics game. And so I think, like, that is one I will push people towards in tactics realm. And then lastly, I'm going to hit up the first-person shooters realm. Oh. Um, which is not something I play a lot of. Yeah. But I have openly spoken on online and on my podcasts and on everything about my love for the series Doom. Oh, um, nice. Mm-hmm. Doom was one of the first things I ever saw growing up. I didn't play it when I was yeah. like three or four because I was scared. But <laughs> <laughs> I watched my dad play it. Um, and there are there are modern updated like kind of fan remasters yeah. of the original Doom that you can get on your computer. Like Google it. There are There mm. are several of them. They they just it's quality of life improvements. You know, it's it's sharpening of graphics. It's smoothing out of movement and mm-hmm. more clarification on how things work. And go play the original Doom. The music is still a bop. Yes, like it's that it's that old like '90s kind of electro retro sounding stuff yeah. um, with good driving beats behind it. So it always keeps you like excited about the game. The monsters will still pop out of nowhere and freaking scare the pants off of you. <laughs> like it's it's just it's great. It's a great stupidly fun time um still so that's the one i'm gonna push there and then as like my last honorable mention because i can't stop talking sorry Dang, um, Andrew. if you are an adventure lover a puzzle lover and you're a person who likes reading oh please dm my twitter is at andrew orsi mm-hmm. send me a dm ask me how to get zork zork, zork was the classic text-based adventure game mm-hmm 
it is so good. It holds up to this day because mm-hmm. it's text-based. There's no graphics to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are okay with reading and you like doing some little puzzle stuff and you want to do an adventure puzzle game, I will tell you, I will literally send you DMs and explain to you how to download this and get this and try out this game. It is everything. Well, with that, that's a good transition into uh, the red carpet for Andrew Orsi. Wow. We're going to talk about where to find you. What project should we be looking out for? Uh, Like, how can we DM you to get Zork? Uh, Well, we already said that. Don't let's say he didn't say it. (laughs) Uh, where can we find you, Andrew, and stalk you? Uh, where can we find you on social yeah, media, your channel, <laughs> any other projects that, that you might have to plug? Go for it. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay, so I'm on Twitter. That's like the main social media that I use. It's mm-hmm. just at Andrew Orsi. It's just my name. Real simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the same handle on Instagram. I don't use Instagram as much. Yeah. So like if you DM me there, I might ignore it for two weeks. Oops. <laughs> not. Yeah. It's not me being rude. It's me not checking Instagram. Fair. Um, you can also find me. Uh, hello? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just like forgot everything that was happening. Oh my, my entire brain just floated out of my body. And I was like, you can also find me. I've done that. Yeah. Um, if you want to watch the old let's plays, I once upon a time did uh, my YouTube channel is one up tempo. It's mm-hmm. all one word. Um, I'm not posting there anymore. And I don't want to give you any hope that I'm going to post there in yeah. the future. I very well may not, but I did at least one Pokemon Nuzlocke, and I started a couple other run-throughs of games that I'll never finish. So if you love cliffhangers that never resolve, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get a taste um, for Final Fantasy acapella group, My acapella group is the other thing I'll shout out. Yeah, uh, go Black for to it. Gold. We are Black to Gold Music on Instagram. Um, I think we have a Twitter, but we've posted about twice on it, so don't do Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or uh, look us up on Facebook, Black to Gold. Uh, it's either Black to Gold Music or Black to Gold Acapella. Nice. Um, we are releasing a lot of digital content on quarantine. We've been like making like music videos and like grid based videos and stuff. But like the music I'm putting out with this group, I am insanely proud of. I think it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're about to be in the semifinals for uh, acapella open competition nice. coming up here in a couple months. So like, Ooh. you know, cheer us on or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> there it is. I definitely go. Uh, definitely black to gold uh your rendition of oh uh the chain the chain by mm-hmm. um even even my brain's floating right now Fleetwood mac <laughs> Fleetwood mac thank you so much i i was about to say i'm i'm honestly saying this i almost said big mac <laughs> yeah the chain, is it the chain by Is Big it Mac. You know, the chain McDonald's. The chain McDonald's. <laughs> uh, it was a fantastic rendition of that. I I I thought, as Andrew likes to put it, a bop. But yeah, uh, definitely go find him on the social media platforms. Definitely support his uh, acapella group, Black to Gold. They're they're fantastic. I think you should go check them out uh, and check out the retro games that we've recommended. So uh, I think we can end it here. I think so. So. Thanks again for all the comments that you gave us. Uh, gave us mm. a lot of thoughts. Gave us a lot of feedback. So we appreciate you for doing that. And you can always uh, check us out on the social media pages. We're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. Instagram, Gaming Groceries, all one word. Find us on Facebook and join the Discord. Uh, be sure to be in on the conversation here on uh, Games Groceries discussion pieces. And uh, with all that said and done, uh, play retro games more. 
Go out, wear your mask, mm -hmm. and have a safe week. Bye.